Shall we pray this morning? Father, thank you for your word that you have prepared for us today. Thank you for speaking to us every single Sunday on this ground. Thank you, Lord, for the word you've given us this month. Even on this last Sunday of the month of April, we thank you that you will continue the work that you've started in us. Father, we pray for revelation knowledge this morning. We pray for the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. Holy Spirit, have your way in our hearts. We ask you to open the scriptures for us. Help us understand your word. Give us insight into your word, Holy Ghost. Thank you for your presence. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, this is our last Sunday of the month of April on the series, Go Somewhere, Preach Somewhere. I want to believe that you haven't been on the same spot this whole month as you've been hearing this preaching. I want to believe that you've, you've gone somewhere or you're about to go somewhere. The entire series is based on the book of Mark 16, verse 15. The Bible says, And he said to them, Go into all the world, that's the go part of it, and preach the gospel to every creature. This is the assignment that the Lord Jesus has given us as a commission, as a church. He said, Go into all the world. In other words, every single area in that area where you stay, every house, all the world, meaning every place, then preach the gospel to every creature, meaning everybody. You will agree with me that there are some places in your area that haven't seen you yet. And there are a lot of people in that area that haven't seen you too. So our job is only beginning. Our job is only beginning. But as we are closing this segment, because our main topic this year, our mandate is preaching the word. That is what we're all about this year. This is our year of preaching the word. Please don't allow yourself to remain a watcher while people are turning into preachers. In a year of preaching the word. And if you've noticed, I've been preaching this year fully. I do offering, I preach. I'm just preaching. And people are preaching. We're all going to rise and preach. It's true, we had a little delay due to the virus for about three months. But the Lord is reviving us now. It's time to go. Tell your neighbor, it's time to go. This morning, my subject is three major reasons why some Christians are not soul winners. Or shall I say three major reasons why some Christians don't go? Three major reasons why some Christians don't preach. They don't win souls. Three reasons for that. Number one. And I'm, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm trusting God. Listen, you know, it's, it's dangerous for you to try to explain yourself as the word is coming. It's best to just adjust yourself instead of explaining yourself. Yeah. And I hope you understand that. It's not that I know you personally. <laughs> We're just preaching the word. We're just preaching. Three major reasons why Christ, some Christ, not all, but some Christians are not soul winners. They don't win souls. They've never won one soul. They don't know how to win a soul. They don't know the experience of leading a soul to Jesus Christ. They've never done something like that. And they have no intention of doing it. I want to talk about that this morning. Because last week we saw, what to me if I don't preach the gospel? We saw what happened to Jonah from not preaching the gospel. We heard Paul say that if he doesn't preach the gospel, he will be doomed. Yet, 
still Christians, some don't want to preach. What could be the reason? Why, would, why will a child of God allow himself to be doomed rather than obeying God? What could be the reason? What could be the, the, the factor that is causing believers that love Jesus but don't love souls? The first reason, I mean, there could be others, but I'm just focusing on three for today. The first reason is they don't have the Holy Spirit. It's as simple as that. They don't have the Holy Spirit. Acts 19, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says, While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul traveled through the interior region until he reached Ephesus. On the coast where he found, on the coast where he found several believers. Understand that these were believers. He found believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. The point I'm trying to make as I'm starting is that it is possible to be a believer without the Holy Spirit. These were believers, but they did not have the Holy Spirit. And, and you, will, you, will, you, will, you will ask me this one, but Pastor, if, if, if I'm a believer and I don't have the Holy Spirit, so what spirit am I then having? Because I do speak in tongues, I'm, I'm, I've been doing things. Speaking in tongues is an initial sign that you have the Holy Spirit. But, you see, let me tell you something. Many times, I'm in my house, and my daughter imitates my tongues. And she can speak them. Some of, like, she can imitate us. The way we speak. Does that mean my daughter has the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. So speaking in tongues alone is not enough proof that somebody has the Holy Spirit. Even though it is the initial sign that you have the Holy Spirit. Now, if you don't have the Holy Spirit, what spirit could you have? I'm going to tell you what it is. The explanation is found in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. The Bible says, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So on earth, listen, on earth, in the church, there are two spirits. One is the spirit of the world. The other is the Holy Spirit. But how will you know the difference between the two? Because they are all spirits. Listen, both of them are spirits. One is the spirit of the world. The other is the Holy Spirit. Now Paul is telling the Corinthian church, we have not received the spirit of the world. Because that is also received. The same way the other one is received, the spirit of the world is also received. Satan has found a counterfeit to the Holy Ghost in the church. And his counterfeit is the spirit of the world. There are believers that think they have the Holy Spirit, but what they actually have is the spirit of the world. Not the Holy Spirit that came from God. Are you listening to me? We have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that comes from God. So it is possible to be in the Corinthians church and you have rather received the spirit of the world. Now how do you know the difference between the two? It's very simple. Number one, let's talk about the spirit of the world. The Bible says, do not love the world nor the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The spirit of the world, when it's, it's working in a believer, it makes that believer love the world and love the things that are in the world. 
Even though that believer is in the church, listen to me, they are in the church, but they love the world. They love the things that are in the world, not the things that are in the church. They don't love the things of God. They love the things of the world. But they are in the church. And they are deceiving to thinking being in the church means that everything that is in the church, I have it. Yet it is the spirit of the world at work in them. And, and when we look, you look today, you will see what I'm describing to you very clearly. Believers who crave for the world. Believers who are motivated by the world. Believers whose role models are in the world, not in the church. Believers who know everything in the world, nothing in the church. Believers who aspire to be something in the world, not in the church. Believers who are only coming to church to receive, but they have no intentions of making any impact in the world or in the spiritual world. Everything they want is to fulfill, you know, their spiritual duties here. But they actually love the other side. Like if they could be successful that side, that would mean a lot to them. They have no intention of being successful in the church. They have been baptized with the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world is what is controlling them. It is a spirit that allows them to come to church. Please understand that if the spirit of the world is working in you, it doesn't mean you cannot come to church. But you must know that you view church just like you view the mall, like you view the school. Because, you see, a person that is motivated and inspired by the spirit of the world, church for him is what he does on Sunday morning, just like during the rest of the week, work is what he does. So he goes to work during the week, goes shopping at Show Prado at Spa or at Spur or wherever, and then he goes to church at ABC. That's all. There's, there's nothing that is really, really, really holding him down there. There's nothing. Do not love the world. Nor the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The love of the Father is not in him. And the love of God is shared abroad by the Holy Spirit. So if the love of the world is in your heart, it means that love has been shared abroad by the Spirit of the world. I want to show you somebody who was in the church but who was not yet under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Talking about Peter the Apostle. Matthew 26, verse 69. This is somebody that is in but he is not in. Yet he is in. Because he has no Holy Spirit. Meanwhile, Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard. A servant girl came over and said to him, You were one of those with Jesus the Galilean. But Peter denied it in front of everyone. I don't know what you are talking about, he said. You see, when the spirit of the world is working in you, you want to be relevant to the world. So one of the things that Christians with the spirit of the world do is continual denial of the Lord Jesus Christ in front of everyone. Continuous denial. Like before everybody, the, the behavior, ah. Uh, the words will be in continuous denial of what they are claiming to belong to on Sunday morning. Later, out by the gate, another servant girl noticed him and said to those standing around, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Again, 
Peter denied it this time with an oath. I don't even know the man, he said. Continuous denial. You can be coming to church every Sunday morning, but the rest of the week you are denying Jesus Christ. You come to church on Sunday morning, but throughout the week, through your actions, through your words, you are denying Jesus Christ. Before your friends, before everybody, the things you do, you don't have the Holy Spirit. And we can continue deceiving ourselves. Listen, please, I'm saying do not try to defend yourself. Let's just try to adjust ourselves. Let's rather try to adjust. Let's first of all come out of deception. Deception. Because here is Peter, one of the most prominent disciples of Jesus, denying him for free. A little later, some of the other bystanders came over to Peter and said, Ah, man, you must be one of them. We can tell by the Galilean accent. In other words, even the way you are talking, the way you are talking is revealing that you are with them. You know, because as you are talking from time to time, an amen slips out of your mouth. From time to time, a hallelujah slips out of your mouth and you are, you are catching up, you are catching up. You don't want people to know that you are amen, hallelujah, as a type of a person. But without you realizing, amen and hallelujah is slipping out of your mouth. Yet you didn't want amen and hallelujah to slip out of your mouth. But they are saying to you, look, your tongue is giving you away. Things are coming out of your mouth that you wouldn't say if you were not among those people. You are trying so hard to make sure nobody knows I go there. Yet your words, your words, your words. Tell your neighbor your words, your words, your words, your words. They are betraying you. Because you see this thing, when you keep coming to ABC, there are certain things you start saying. And you stay in there without thinking. And people start saying, eh? When I do this, you keep saying, please, please, please. Why, why please? Yes, please. No, please. Hallelujah, please. Amen, please. Why, please, 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 please? You see, your words, your words. Your words. Peter swore. This is what he swore. A curse on me if I'm lying. I don't know the man. He even called a curse on himself. So that I, let me be cursed if I know this person. And immediately the roster crowed. Suddenly Jesus' words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the roster crows, you will deny me, three, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went away weeping bitterly. And this is the experience of so many of us. When we get home, we weep because we've denied a whole day. We've done things we're not supposed to do. It's always a section of weeping. And then we go back and then we make more mistakes. Then we come again, we weep. But I want to introduce you to another Peter. This is Peter without the Holy Spirit. He's pretending He's hiding, he's weeping because he's, he's betraying the Lord. But now look at Peter under the influence of the Holy Spirit. We are now in the book of Acts chapter 2. I think by chapter 2 verse 8 or verse 2, three, 2 to 3, the Holy Ghost came on all of them. We are in Acts chapter 2. After the Holy Ghost came on all of them, the Bible says they all started speaking in tongues as the Holy Ghost gave them utterance. So they were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Please understand that you can have something and not be under the influence of that thing. For example, you can have a bottle of beer in your hand. It doesn't mean you are under the influence of the bottle yet. It's what you do with the bottle that determines if you will now come under the influence of the bottle. For example, drinking one glass of something might not necessarily make you drunk, meaning you don't necessarily become under the influence. So it takes a certain degree of activity. Are you listening to me? 
before the influence of something becomes evident in your life. And so it is with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is actually compared to wine. Don't be drunk of wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Meaning influence. The same way wine takes time to influence you. That's also how the Holy Ghost, when you, you can have the Holy Spirit, but you might not necessarily be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So don't just claim that I have the Holy Spirit. Are you under the influence of the Holy Spirit? No, is the Holy Spirit influencing your actions? Influencing your words, your decisions? Under the influence. Now look at Peter when he's now under the influence because the Holy Ghost is giving him utterances. See now the influence that the Holy Ghost is having on him. The Bible says in verse 14 of the same Acts chapter 2, then Peter stood up. Peter who was going away, running away, hiding. As a matter of fact, those were 120 people in a room, closed. Nobody knew they were there. People were minding their business. They were there for days. Nobody knew they they were there. Until the Holy Ghost came. When the Holy Ghost came, something started happening in the room. Something started happening so much that nobody in the city could ignore that something was happening there. Now, that is exactly what happened when the Holy Ghost comes. When the Holy Ghost really comes in your life, everybody in your life will know something is going on with you. It will not remain hidden. It cannot remain hidden. You cannot remain inside the room when the Holy Ghost is working. It's not possible. So the same Peter that was hiding inside the room with his other brothers, the Bible says Peter stood up. I see you standing up. Under the influence of the Holy Spirit, you will stand up. Peter stood up with the eleventh, raised his voice. You see, now things are changing. Peter that was shying away, now Peter is standing up. Now Peter is raising his voice. All of this is under the influence of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Ghost really comes on you, things start changing in you. He raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Peter, Peter couldn't address a servant girl. But Peter is now addressing a crowd. A crowd. A crowd. You will address a crowd in the name of Jesus Christ. You will address many people in the name of Jesus Christ. Peter is addressing a crowd. I see you addressing a crowd under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Not the spirit of the world. Where when you see crowds, you are shying away. When you see crowds, you are denying Jesus. When you see crowds, you're trying to join the crowd. You are joining the crowd. You're part of the crowd. You are not standing out of the crowd. When the Holy Ghost comes upon your life, you stop joining the crowd. You start addressing the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I want to say. Wow. Where is the boldness coming from? He says, listen carefully to what I'm about to say. He's not even shivering in his voice. He's asking them to listen carefully. The man few chapters earlier He was running away, not wanting anybody to know that he's associated to Jesus. Look at the transformation. The Bible says, the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you powerfully. You shall be transformed into a different person. When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you are changed into a different person. You are changed. You are changed. I say you are changed. Believers that have remained the same, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They have the spirit of the world. You must know the difference. And the spirit of the world makes you love the world. Just as much as the Holy Ghost, when he comes, he makes you love the things of God. He makes you get involved in soul winning immediately. Listen, the moment the Holy Ghost fell on Peter, not the next day, immediately, Peter stood before a crowd. And he's telling them, listen carefully to what I'm about to say. If I jump from verse 14 to verse 41, the Bible says, those who had gladly received his word, the word of Peter, 
were baptized immediately. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to the church. One day, one message by a person who was denying Jesus three times. He stood before people. He preached one message. 3,000 people got born again, and they got baptized the same day. What can create something like this? Listen, the day the Holy Ghost came, people didn't become rich. The day the Holy Ghost came, people didn't buy cars. The day the Holy Ghost came, people got saved. So you must know that when the Holy Ghost comes in your life, the first thing that happens is that people start getting saved. People start getting saved around you. Salvation is the result of the presence of the Holy Ghost. Are you listening to me? I'm telling you. How do I know that you have the Holy Spirit? I know that you have the Holy Spirit when you love souls. Your desire is to see people saved. Just how come you don't actually never how come you don't have such desires and you are in the church? You don't have any desire for people to be saved. All you are ah father, bigger car, bigger car, bigger house, bigger, bigger, bigger everything. But you don't have any desire for souls. Are you sure it's the Holy Ghost that is in you? Because the first day the Holy Ghost entered people, 3,000 people got saved. The counterfeit of the Holy Ghost in the church is not the, satan, the spirit of Satan. It's the spirit of the world. You are expecting to see demons. No, no, no. Satan understands that you will quickly pick it up. So he gives you another the spirit of the world. That's the one that a lot of believers are carrying. Tongue speaking. They are carrying it. Their tongues never change their character. Their tongues never change their results. Their tongues never get them to soul winning. Their tongues never do anything. But they are just speaking in terms for the fun of it and for the pleasure of it. But their character is not changing. The fruit of the Spirit is not in their life. And their souls are not being saved. And they are claiming it's the Holy Ghost. But check their hearts. They want bigger car. They want a new job. They want a new boyfriend. They want a new this. They want to wear those. You see, if you enter the mind of many believers that are watching me this morning, you'd see the type of things they want to wear. As they are watching this man, as they are watching the screen, if you could see the type of thoughts that they are having of things they would like to wear if they were given permission. As we are sitting here this morning behaving like we are holy, If you could see our hearts, what is in there, you will see that most of the time, our hearts are full of the world. They inspire us instead of us inspiring them. They lead us instead of us leading them. No wonder we cannot get them saved. How can you get somebody saved and you want to be like, they are the one rather getting you unsaved. Because you should be in a place where you want people to come to. But when people are in a place where you want to go to, they are the one changing you. No, I'm not the one changing them. Be delivered from the spirit of the world. And the number one sign that you are no more under the control of the spirit of the world is that you start having a love for souls. Jesus told the disciples that you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And this is the sign that he, he, he is the one who has arrived. You shall be millionaires. You shall be record breakers in, in the scientific industry. What is the sign that the Holy Ghost from heaven has entered you? You shall be my witnesses. That's the sign. That's the sign that the Holy Ghost is now in you. That's the sign. So please don't get mad at me this morning because even myself, I had to change. I had to move from the spirit of the world to the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, I would not teach the things I'm teaching. Oh, I would just be, look, I can, look, God has given me grace. I can teach you so many things. If that is about, I can teach you so many things. But I know that is not why I'm standing on this pulpit. I'm here by God's grace and by divine appointment to help you realize that you are saved to be a savior of the world to other people. God is sending us. 
Christians today just want to make money. They want to be great in this world. You don't find Christians that want to be great in heaven. You don't find Christians that want to make it big in heaven. Everybody wants to make it big here. We all know the scripture that this world shall pass away. But we are saying, yeah, pastor, even if this world is passing away, let me pass something first in this world. Before this world is passing away. I'm going to pass something here. You know what is that? The spirit of the world. Be delivered from the spirit of the world. Be delivered. Please open your mouth and begin to pray right now. Father, deliver me from the spirit of the world. Deliver me from the spirit of the world. Father, I repent for allowing myself to be under the influence of the spirit of the world. To allow the world to condition me. To allow the world to determine what I do. Many of you will never win souls and if God, God doesn't help you because the spirit of the world has overtaken you. Open your mouth and ask for mercy. Ask for mercy this morning, somebody. Father, deliver this ministry from the spirit of the world and infuse the Holy Ghost in us, Father. Infuse the Holy Ghost in our lives, Father. That we will desire to see souls saved. The same way you desire to see the whole world be saved. How can we be your children? What you want, we don't want. Where you want to go, we don't want to go. No, another spirit is guiding us. Another spirit is directing us. It is called the spirit of the world. Save us, Jesus. Save us, Jesus. In Jesus' presence, we have prayed. Amen. The second reason why some believers cannot win souls is because they don't have a big vision for the harvest. John chapter 4, verse 35, the Bible says, Do you not say there are still four months until the harvest? I tell you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. If Jesus was telling the disciples to lift up their eyes, I mean, their eyes were looking down. When your eyes are looking down, you are satisfied with what is around you. You are okay with what you have. It's only when you lift up your eyes that you will see that, ah, my goodness, there's still a lot more. I mean, imagine if you are working on the field and your head is, ba- is bended down. You are just working where you are looking. You can easily, just because you are tired, you can, be, you can easily deceive yourself into thinking that you have worked very hard. Because you are only seeing where you are working. But when, when you lift up your eyes, then you will see that wait a minute, there's still that side. And there's still that side. And there's still that side. Lift up your eyes. The reason why churches are small because their vision of the harvest is so small. People haven't lifted their eyes. And the vision is controlled by the Holy Ghost. That's why when you don't have the Holy Ghost, you are really in trouble. I mean, you are really in trouble. Because even for you to see, it is him who gives vision. Joel chapter 2 verse 28, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall, your old men shall dream dreams. Now, watch it. Your young men shall see visions. Your young men shall see the Holy Ghost. One of the powerful work of the Holy Ghost in your life is to give you a vision. A big vision. Jesus says, lift up your eyes. In other words, you are looking down. You, are, you can't see much. The job of the Holy Ghost is to lift up your head. Not just so that you can rise, but also so that you can see far. That's why Jesus says when he comes, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea. Why? Because, you know, he's going to make you see far. He's going to cause you to see beyond where you are. 
when the Holy Ghost is really at work in you, you cannot be comfortable where you are. You will not be happy with what you have. You cannot accept the fact that every Sunday you get to the church and it's 20 people and it's okay. In a, in a community that has thousands of people that don't know Jesus, you know, you are looking down. You haven't lifted up your eyes. Many believers are not going because they have accepted, I know this is it, we are okay here. It's like a little association. We all meet the same Sunday. After church, we talk and we go home. No, your vision has been distorted. The Holy Ghost gives you vision. Before you realize, you will see Judea. And you will see that, no, but there are people in Judea. How about those people? Then you will see Samaria. I was right here at Sun City minding my business. I remember the day the Lord told me, you're going to break out. And I came and announced the church. God told me, this year, we're going to break out. God wants you to go further. And haven't you seen that vision coming to pass slowly but surely? How we broke out. Then we started moving and moving and moving. Why do you want the church to remain in that small place where you are? May God give you a vision this morning. The Holy Ghost gives you a fresh vision. May he show you the harvest. The Bible says, look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. They are ripe for harvest. The reason why many churches are empty because people are not looking at the field. If we were all seeing the harvest, the building will always be too small. And we are going in that direction by God's grace. Lastly, the reason why some Christians don't preach is because for them, soul winning is the pastor's job. They see soul winning as the pastor's job. They don't see it as their job. It's the pastor's job. But let me give you a quick, you know, fixing this morning as we close. Number one, let me tell you something. Every genuine follower of Jesus will be a fisher of men. And the last time I checked, the pastor is not the only follower of Jesus Christ. Matthew 4, verse 19 says, Then he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. So every genuine follower of Jesus will naturally be a fisher of men. If you are a follower of Jesus, you should be a fisher of men too. Because you cannot follow Jesus and become something else. The people that follow Jesus, this is what they become. Fishers of men. Fishers of men. So I repeat, every genuine follower of Jesus is a fisher of men. And a follower of Jesus is not only the pastor. No. Therefore the question becomes, are you a follower of Jesus? If you are a follower of Jesus, where are the fishes? Number two, if you are saved, you are called. If you are saved, you are called. And I'm reading a verse. I'm not, it's not things that I have put together for you. Come with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. The Bible says. He has saved us and called us to a holy calling. He has saved us and called us to a holy calling. If you are saved. So, you see, that thing you keep saying, no, 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 I don't think I'm called. Then you are not saved. Then you are not saved. No, 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 Pastor, it's a me, me, I don't think I'm called. You know me, I'm not into this shepherd, shepherd, shepherd. I'm not into this boomer shepherd, boomer pastors. I'm not into those things. Then you are not, you are not saved. I've got news for you today. Every genuine follower of Jesus is a fisher of men. Are you listening to me? And I've given you a verse to prove that to you. Then number two, if you are not saved, if you are not called, then you are not saved. 
Because 2 Timothy 1 9 says, He has saved us and called us. So you are not only saved, as some of you are thinking. It's like some are saved and some are called. If you are not called, then you are not saved because the saving is first, then the calling follows. Those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. How come you lack the predestination of of it? You lack the justification of it? And you lack the glorification of it? But you don't lack the calling of it? Are you with me? So, do not believe that you are not called. You have allowed Satan to rob you of a great, great destiny. That must end this morning. You are called. 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 If you are saved, you are called. If you are saved, you are called. If you are saved, you are called. Say with me, I am called because I am saved. It's as simple as that. You know, I wish I had known this verse earlier because some people really convinced me for years that when I'm asking them to come and preach, when I'm asking them to do the work of God, like I'm, I'm putting a burden on their heads. It's like I'm really doing something wrong. Like if they, are not, they are not feeling it, it's not for them. I will, I will hand down all those, all those brothers and sisters. I will, at least I will send you this verse so that you know that at least as you are doing what you are doing, the Bible is against you here. He has saved us and called us. If you are saved, you are called. If you are not called, you are not saved. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. Pastor, I am called. Okay, but... What is my say? What am I going to preach? I don't know how to preach. I know you are saying I'm called. My problem is that I don't know how to preach. I, know, I, don't, I, I even want to go out and do something, but I don't know how to preach. I've got some good news for you. Your first sermon is not something you say. It's how you live. Your first sermon is your behavior. Brothers and sisters, no matter how good your words are, if in that community where you live, your behavior is a problem, the message will never work. So your first sermon, your first sermon, before you can ever, before you can ever say the Bible says, don't be quick to go to say the Bible says. Your first sermon, your lifestyle, your first sermon, your behavior in the house, your first sermon, how you behave in the community, that's your first sermon. And this explains why a lot of believers can't go out and preach because they have already preached a very bad sermon in the community. Now they cannot come and preach the other sermon. That's a problem. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 2 says, You yourself are our letter written in your heart, known and read by everyone. You are a letter. Tell your neighbor, you are a letter. You are a, you are, I, I, I think the King James says you are the epistle. You are the epistle. You are the epistle. You are the letter. You don't have a letter. You don't have a scripture. You are the scripture. Don't bring scripture. Be the scripture. This is where the gospel begins. The gospel begins with you becoming the scripture. The word becoming flesh. The word becoming flesh. Be the scripture. No matter what you say, if you are contradicting it with your actions, it is a waste. So some of us say, you know, Pastor, you know, I would like to come and preach. I would like to do something for God. But my problem, I don't, I don't, have, I don't know scriptures. That is the excuse many people give. I don't know scriptures. You don't need to know a lot of scriptures. Be the scripture. The little you know, leave it. 
live it so well that somebody can start wondering what's going on with this person. Because before you became a child of God, you were something else. And if you have changed, the first people to know are your closest friends, then your family members, then your old boyfriend, your ex-girlfriend. They know if you have changed. They know. So your behavior, what has changed? What has changed? What has changed? First Peter chapter 3, verse 1, the Bible says, Wives, in the same way, submit yourself to your own husband, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives. So it is possible for people to be won over by the behavior. What is true for wives can be true for children, can be true for husbands, can be true for friends. That your friend can be won over without words by your behavior. Same thing is true. Your friends can be lost forever without words by your behavior. Your behavior. Tell your neighbor your behavior. Behavior yahoo. Behavior yahoo. The way you are behaving in the community. You see why you are now quiet like this? This is the way you are now you are becoming quiet like this. The way you are behaving in the community is sending such a bad message. Some of the children that are coming to church, their behavior is so bad, the parents don't want to come to church. The parents hate the pastor, as if that is what the pastor has been teaching. They come to church, pastor said, do this, do this. When they go home, they don't read, they don't study, they don't do their homework, and they come home with wrong marks and with wrong reports, and the pastor and the parents are thinking the church is destroying their children. Yet your pastor is working hard to achieve success in life. You are claiming that you are in this church, but you come home with very, very, very ugly reports. That behavior is the reason why your father doesn't want your little sister to follow you in the church. That's behavior. You are claiming that you are coming to church, but when you go home, the members of the men see the things you are doing with boyfriend and girlfriend under the counter and before you realize things are going right away and they know that you are just wasting their time. You can never ask them to follow you in the church. Your behavior. I keep screaming here, honor your father and your mother. When you go home, they call, you don't answer. They ask you to do this, you don't do. Their behavior. Their behavior. Their behavior. And that behavior is opposing the gospel. It's opposing the preaching. I will not be surprised that there are certain parents who hate me. Without cause. If they only knew that I was on their side. I will not be surprised. The behavior. The behavior. That they may be won over without words. I see people being won over without words, but because of your behavior. You see, that's why you need again the same Holy Spirit, because it is the Holy Ghost that will change that your behavior. It is the Holy Ghost that will give you love instead of hate. He will give you peace instead of, instead of confusion. It's the same Holy Ghost that will develop you into a proper Christian. You see, when you are claiming that you have the Holy Ghost simply because you are coming here, jabba, 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 jabba. but when you go home, their behavior, their behavior doesn't look like somebody who has the Holy Spirit. And you keep claiming, I have the Holy Spirit. I came to tell you, it's not the Holy Ghost, it's the Spirit of the world. Because your behavior is more in line with the world than with the Holy Spirit. That's what is going on. And this, I, I'm begging you, please don't fight me. I'm just telling you, please, let's adjust. Let's adjust. Let us not explain ourselves. Rather go home and say, you know, all these years I thought it's the Holy Ghost, but I realized that it's another spirit that is controlling me. That's why nobody wants to follow me. How come you've been in church for so long nobody follows you? Nobody wants to be like you. What is wrong? How come you don't have one disciple? One person that has followed you, that wants to become like you. 
Is there any single person that wants to become like you? The behavior. When your colleagues see the behavior, they say, mm-mm. We're not continuing with that church. We'll be watching. The behavior. You see, this is where the rubber hits the road. When you don't have the Holy Ghost, behavior will not change. There's a man who went for counseling. As the pastor is talking to him, he said, mm, Lifestyle, change. Lifestyle, change. The pastor said, Listen. You are, you are commanding your lifestyle to change as if your lifestyle was something from another planet. You are your lifestyle. Why are you saying that the lifestyle must change? As if you, you are fine, but it is your lifestyle that must change. Hmm. Lifestyle, change. Lifestyle, change. I said, no, 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 look, it's you. Your lifestyle is you. I mean, the way you are making it is like, the lifestyle has come to mess you up. Tell your neighbor, lifestyle change, lifestyle change. <laughs> lifestyle change. As the pastor is preaching here, he say, hmm, lifestyle change. Change. We are always looking for somebody to change instead of changing ourselves. I see you changing in the name of Jesus. You have to change. You have to change. I have to change. My behavior must change. can't continue the way you are doing there. That's why, no, that's why the church is struggling to grow. Because no matter how the shepherd is pushing, he doesn't know that this is shepherds. These people that are around him, when he goes away, hey, the things they start doing. The things they start doing. Some of them are back to smoking your open, watching pornography, all kinds of, they are just been sleeping around. I will not be surprised some of you are even streaming with your girlfriends in the bed. They say, yeah, hey, today, you send the message to your shepherd. Hey, shepherd, you know, today I'm sick. I'm sick. Ish. Flu, 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 flu. You know, it's his heart, his heart. Please, please pray for me. I'll stream. And you are streaming with the girlfriend. Yeah, you see, this is our church. This is our church. This is our church. Last are change. Last are change. Lord, have mercy on us. So your greatest sermon, people of God, is your behavior. It's yourself. Listen to me. You might not know a lot of scriptures, but if you have allowed the Holy Ghost to make a scripture of you, people will follow you, even if you don't know how to speak English. They'll be touched. They'll be changed. And that's what we need. When the grain of kernel falls to the ground and dies, it produces much fruit. Much fruit. May we change in the name of Jesus. I would like everybody to stand on your feet right now. And I believe there's a lot to ask God to do in your heart this morning. Lord, heal me. Lord, change my heart. Lord, cause me to become the person you want me to become. Maybe some of you need to ask God to forgive you because, I mean, the lifestyle and the behavior in the community has not reflected the values of the kingdom. Maybe you are saying to the Father this morning, Father, please forgive me. Give me another chance. One, two, three. Let's begin to pray. Everybody begin to pray right now. Open your mouth and pray. Ask God. You know, the reason why I believe in prayer because I know there's power in prayer. Especially when you respond immediately to the word. As the word just came, you say, Lord, I need to change here. I need something to be changed over here. Mm, 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 mm. Work on my heart this morning, Holy Ghost. Work on me. Work on me. Work in my heart. Change my heart, oh God. Change my heart, change my heart, change my heart. Oh Mandela, 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 Mandela. Zaprakande, Ziprakanda. Zaprakande. I want you to raise your two hands and to ask the Holy Ghost, the genuine Holy Ghost, to come in your heart this morning. Holy Ghost, I need you. Please ask him to come. The Bible says that if you know how to give good gifts and you are evil, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? The Holy Ghost is the greatest preacher in you. The Holy Ghost is the one who convinces people of their sins. The Holy Ghost is the one who changes you so that your testimony can become a blessing. That you will, you will have value and people will want to listen to you. Some of us, if you start preaching, people will not even, I mean, they will switch off their TVs. 
But that is because the Holy Ghost hasn't been given an opportunity. Come on, pray from the bottom of your heart this morning. I can't hear you. Please, everybody, you must be praying. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. This is not a murmuring session. Pray from the depths of your heart. Holy Ghost, I need your help. Holy Ghost, come into my life. Come and change everything in me. I accept you this morning, Holy Spirit. Your word says, Father, that I will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon me and I will be a witness. I receive power this morning to become a witness. Let this scripture be fulfilled in my life. May I become a witness. When will I become a witness? I keep saying I have the Holy Ghost and I'm not a witness. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Quickly this morning, if you are watching this service and you are not born again, I know the Lord has spoken to you. I know God is ministering into your heart even now as I'm praying. I'm going to ask you, if you are saying, Pastor, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to be born again. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want to become a new person. If that is you, I'm going to count up to three and give you an opportunity to be born again. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. Raise it high. Don't be ashamed. Wherever you are, God bless you. God bless you. You are saying, I want you to be born again. You can take your hands down. Now you're watching. You're already saved. But this morning you feel like, you know what, I want to recommit myself to God. The world has taken over my heart. The love of the world is full in me. I mean, I'm just pretending to myself, I know deep down what I love, and it's not Jesus. <laughs> it's not. It's not his word. That's why I don't read the Bible. That's why I don't even, I don't worship. I, don't, I, I have nothing to tell him. I don't have anything to tell him. I don't even have to worship him because I don't love him. But I have so much to say out there. Lord, can you touch my heart again this morning? I want you to recommend my heart to you that you will change me. If that is you at the count of two, please raise your right hand without any shame. One, two, three, raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. I want you to recommend my heart to Jesus. You can take your hands down. Right now, we're going to pray. And I want you to know that the power of God is here. Listen, the Holy Ghost doesn't need to make too much noise for you to know he's here. He's here. I know he's here. And I know he's working in your heart. I know he's changing you. I know the word is working in you. You shall never be the same. You shall never ever be the same. After this message, you shall never be the same. The power of God is working in you, shaking things out inside of you. Please repeat this simple for me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me. On the third day you rose again. That I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I'm a child of God. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for every soul that turned back to you this morning. I believe it is for good. It is for change. Nothing shall ever be the same again. I give you praise that as we are coming, you are healing us. You are changing us. And we're going to go out and be the light of the world. And many will see our good works and give glory to God. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Put your hands together this morning, people of God, for the souls that turn back to God. Now we're going to share the grace of the Lord together. Are you ready? One, two, three, let's go. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. 2021, my year of preaching the word, I will go somewhere, I will preach somewhere, I will lead someone to Jesus Christ, so help 
Put your hands together for Jesus. Thank you for joining us. Till we see you again next week. Remember, we are allowed to give life. And next week is communion service. Make sure you come ready. God bless you. Bye-bye. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Mm -hmm. Preach somewhere. Go somewhere. Preach somewhere.